from there, you got to do the work of going into each type and understanding, you know, the the origin, the childhood wound, uh, where you go in times of stress, where you go in times of growth. There's so much more into it. And what was really interesting to me when I was trying to figure out what my type was, was figuring out the difference is not what you do, but what motivates you to do it. Yes. And that was the part for me that made everything change. Well, it gives so much more clarity to it. You're listening to Rebel Heart Radio, hosted by nutritional therapist Cassie Knavel and professional esthetician and makeup artist Genevieve Blair. A lifestyle podcast about clean living, making money, and badass people that inspire us endlessly. We created this podcast to walk through the tough moments of life with you, inspire you to live more intentionally, and frankly, because we like to talk. Thanks for joining us today. Make sure to catch our weekly episode and subscribe to us anywhere you listen to podcasts. If you have iTunes, we would be forever grateful for your review on our podcast. Let's get to our latest episode. The materials and content within this podcast are for general information and educational purposes only and are not to be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Miss Genevieve. What is up, girl? Not much. Not much. It was sunny, so I was enjoying the sun, and now it's not, so... Listen, I'm, I was enjoying it. February in Oregon is legitimately bipolar. So I just like sit over here and wait to see what happens until March rolls around. I know, I know everyone that's south from us is still like in snowpocalypse. I was loving snowpocalypse. We still have a little bit on the ground, but it's mostly gone at this point. And it's we're, all gone for we're me, recording this at the end of February, by the way, people. Well, there's people three hours south from us that are like, I still have buried cars. <laughs> right? It's bonkers. Yeah. So, so I'm good. I can. My kids are going to school. I'm getting my crap done. The weather's not interrupting me. Yay! <laughs> Woo! Oh man, I cannot imagine. I'm so so lucky. I just can't imagine being one of those parents who, when your kids are out of school because of snow, then your whole day gets wrecked, or your whole Mm-mm. week, or your whatever it is. Like depending Mm-mm. on how many snow days. You have. I luckily, my husband is an educator in the school district. So if and when that happens in the future, when my little one it doesn't have school, he uh, everything's going to be fine. We're going to be covered. Yes. The tough part for me is the distraction that comes with it because my husband and my kid <laughs> are home. And yeah, so it's great. But... And then it's all snowy and depends on how great the roads are. And we live in a tiny space. So it's hard for me to get the motivation to leave. So then I just get behind because I'm like, oh, yeah, let's have a slow morning and eat breakfast and like it's just nice to be with relax and drink coffee <laughs> and snuggle and read books. Yeah, and like, oh, crap, sudden, it's a Tuesday. Well, yeah, all of a sudden it's like two o'clock on a Tuesday and I'm like, shoot, <laughs> I, I have things to do. This is OK. Yeah, Here fun. we go. So anyways, I'm very, very lucky that the child care is there if I need it. But I need to get my own tush out the door when that happens, because that right. has been a problem lately for sure see my my problem is is that my husband's just an incredibly good snow driver and he just goes to work <laughs> he's like it's fine it's good well, he's like i grew up in utah i don't, I don't what do you what, oh this my goodness i have a friend we were supposed to have a coffee date and we did have said coffee date uh relatively recently and there was a snowstorm 
and snowstorm Oregon style or Portland style, I should say, <laughs> which means just a couple of inches. And she's from New York and she was literally like, hey, um, I'm not scared of this stuff. I'll come see you. I know how to drive in snow. I'm from upstate New York. And I was like, OK, all right. Sounds good. She's got this. She's fine. Sounds good. If, if you can make it from from uh, the other side of the state, I can make it. 10 minutes from my doorstep i guess and, and i told skylar my husband i said okay i'm not worried about you i'm worried about everybody else everybody else like, it's everybody not a good else thing that's driving no people are crazy Ugh. when they don't know what they're doing it's just like hey, yeah, yeah sorry oregonians and washingtonians y'all do not know how to drive in the snow no not enough practice I don't, yeah, I don't know if we just don't get enough of it or when we get it it's always in the foothills and like nowhere else so people try to shut everything down it's crazy. One, if you guys aren't familiar with the Snowmageddon, hilarious <laughs> snowpocalypse, Snowmageddon in Oregon, oh. it literally will get an inch of snow and there'll be nothing on the roads and all of the school districts in the state will cancel. It's crazy. Or there will be nothing on the ground. And oh, the that happens to you. Cancel. <laughs> yes. I was like, I don't understand what's going on. It depends on when they call it. My husband has explained yeah. to me how they get, how they call it. And it's, I don't know if I'm allowed to share it, but it's super interesting and it doesn't always make sense. So sometimes yeah, they have to roll, they just have to roll with the decision and go with it, which, which usually, makes sense. I mean, you can't, that's well, and I know ours got called because there was a very good chance that it was going to start snowing and accumulating right in the middle of the school day. Not because there was, yeah. and there was a situation in a couple years ago where a school district near us had stranded buses because that happened and they just called the school day and said it's on and then the snow started accumulating and then they had to call in an early day can you imagine being a working parent being called an early day because your kid and then your kid gets stuck on the school bus because it can't navigate <laughs> and then you have to go yeah. like figure out where your kid's school bus is and go find them <laughs> The, the madness that would ensue from that like so i i it get sounds it like a I, nightmare it sounds like oh, a yeah. pl like a planning nightmare yeah they oh, usually 100%. exercise caution so anyways yeah. hopefully we're done with the snow sun snow rain snow sleet snow the the again the bipolarness that is february yeah. in the pacific northwest yeah freezing rain yeah, i'm done i'm good <laughs> oh my goodness i'm going to vegas for spring break and that's all i can think about right now Woo! I'm like, I'll just mm. be in, we'll be in Phoenix for, uh, for lead conference with beauty counter. Yeah. We've got a leader event that we're both going to. And, uh, mm -hmm. I imagine when we get back from that, we're going to have a lot to share with you. Lots of exciting oh, yes. things coming, um, as far as advocacy and legislation is concerned. And, oh, and I always get charged by being around the women and that, oh my gosh, it's really mm. incredible. The, the caliber person who's attracted to, joining forces with beauty counter and partnering with a company who's really who really is making a difference that feels mm -hmm. so empowering to me and again probably one of the most unexpected things of this business i had a lot yeah. of uh low expectations for the kind of person who sold non-toxic makeup and i was so wrong and i'm so glad i was so wrong it's, it's been amazing. thrilling to get to know everyone that's Aww. been doing this and that's attracted to it it's it's truly, like you said, been very surprising in the best way. And I'm so happy that I was proved wrong. Yep. Me too. Truth be told. Yeah. Well, friends, uh, I want Genevieve to share a little bit more about what she's been doing lately as far as skincare consults are concerned. Yes. So as you guys know, we have been 
sharing a ton about some specific skin issues that we get asked a lot of questions about. The rosacea episode is already our most listened to episode, period. And I'm sure it's going to get you. lots more <laughs> listens from here we're on out. We're just away. Yeah. And we're, we're excited because that's just great feedback. We know that that's something that you all are needing. And so I just want to remind all of you before we get into the episode that you can go to rebelheartradio.com slash ask and you can submit a question or a, a topic that you'd like us to cover or bring an expert on to cover. And if you have someone in mind, you're also welcome to mention their name and we will do our best to get them on the podcast. We're going to be having a lot more guests here coming up in the next yeah. few months and basically in, in 2019. So we're very excited for that. But what I want Genevieve to talk about is the skincare consultations that she's been doing because she's opened up her calendar to you lovely people so she can help you with skincare stuff. And this goes even if you're a beauty counter consultant. We know we have a lot of consultants who listen to the podcast. Uh, If you've got a customer or if you are a consultant yourself, you can definitely schedule your own consultation. I think so many times we think if we work in skincare, we have to have everything figured out. And the Mm -hmm. truth is like, this is another version of not trying to be your own practitioner. So you best believe, I mean, I get my consults for free, but (laughs) (laughs) you best, right. I know you best believe that I am always, if something pops up for me, I'm, I'm reaching out to Genevieve and getting her opinion. Um, I can definitely try to navigate it on my own, but it's not going to turn out as well as when I consult a professional. So um, Genevieve has been massively instrumental in changing quite a few people's skin over the years, but especially in the last few weeks that she's opened up her schedule for the skincare consultation. So Jen, I want you to share more about that and how people can find you and schedule with you. Yeah, absolutely. The, the most exciting thing about this for me is that I just didn't know what to expect when I opened this up because I've kind of been talking about it slowly. It's been just like I mentioned it once in my Instagram stories and then I mentioned it once on Facebook. Like it was just a very like just kind of test the water, see what people need and what um, what I can offer that makes sense for my time and for their efforts and things like that. And it has been such a wonderful thing to be able to spend 20 minutes one on one with someone and basically we just dive over like current pictures so because I can get a better idea of someone's skin by like a really crisp picture we don't do zoom video like I don't need to see someone's video image of them it's just pictures are so great and I can get a really clear idea talking about their history their current skincare program basically just do like a really deep dive into their lifestyle, like how they clean, when they clean, do they work out? Like, what does that mean for their skin? I think that's been the biggest revelation for people is what working out means for their skin Mm. and like what regular sweat can mean, especially this time of year. So it's been, and, and where they wash their face, like, where are you in the house when you wash your face? Like, that's been really interesting to be able to kind of break those down for people. And you know, I've been doing this so long, I forget what people don't know. And so being able to go back to one-on-ones and really break it down for people and have them light bulbs go off and go, oh, that makes so much sense. I didn't even think about that. It's been so awesome. I'm at that point now where I've been, I've opened up my books about, um, it's been about a month. I just did my first follow-up this last week with somebody that had, um, we had worked um, together about a month ago previous. And it's been so fun to talk results. So 
If y'all are interested, you can definitely reach out to um, look in the show notes. It'll give you the details about how to reach out to me and I'll get you guys a quote. You can figure out how this process works. And then um, once we get through the process, I'll send you a link. We'll get you scheduled in my calendar. So that's really what it's about. Like if I tell people all the time, this is do you have skin? Then this is for you. Like this isn't are you a BC consultant? Are you a teenager? Are you a mom? Are you postpartum? Are you pregnant? Are Are you a man? You know, it's anyone with skin this can be helpful especially if you have goals in mind or if you have questions about your own skin like come at me (laughs) that's awesome I'm so excited it's been really fun to see the results that people are getting after talking with you and then sharing their results in their stories on Instagram and just being more connected with what's really going on in their body and of course you know, there's always some underlying stuff. So we have tons of previous podcast episodes to listen to for gut health. Um, a lot of the information that I shared about the nutrition side of rosacea in episode 40 is a uh, gold as far as like getting things right in your gut and kind of just some things to consider just an overview when you're having skin issues, because again, it's an external expression of an internal thing, right? Mm-hmm. So even while you have those things going on, it's so nice to know what to do topically so you can get some resolution right away while you're or working. Or just know not how to make it worse. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, while you're working on those other things. So we'll have information yeah. in the show notes for you guys to schedule your own skincare consultations with Genevieve. Side note, if you are one of my beauty counter customers, just email me and I will cover that lovely fee for you so um, we can chat about that (laughs) and I obviously can offer my expertise as well but Jen's going to be your go-to go-to girl (laughs) so all of that to say um, I think I'm really excited to we've got a part two coming up for uh, the the med spa treatments and and things like that the episode that we recorded um, from a few weeks ago where you guys all got to learn about IPL and Botox and all sorts of things (laughs) and Jen tell us about that post you did recently on Instagram I was so freaking floored by the response from that and I love the realness that came through in what you shared because I think I think it's so important for us to understand even in nutrition even in you know, for those of us who are experts in the field or we do not non-toxic everything, everyone has to have their 80-20 or their 90-10 mm-hmm. or whatever it is. And I think sometimes it's such a breath of relief to see someone of authority in the area of skincare and aesthetics and non-toxic living to come out and say, hey, I this is an injectable I do and I like it and it's okay. It's okay. And yeah, it's okay. Relax. It was fun. So tell us more about your that experience. Yeah, that was Honestly, I was a little nervous to post it for, you know, understandable reasons, because, I mean, there's a lot of conversation about whether injectables are safe and what is it. And there's so many questions and it's such a private thing. You know, everyone wants to be able to ask ask questions, but they don't know who to ask. And that I just decided we're going to open this up to public conversation like this is going to happen. And um, recently I had someone point out um, Melissa Hartwig, the creator of Whole Food or the Whole30. She had posted about her Botox experience and she started this wonderful conversation. Like she was just basically like, I don't need to explain this to you. <laughs> I'm doing this. And I was like, yes. And uh, she created a hashtag that was Melissa explains Botox. And as I was reading through the comments and that I realized this needs to be talked about more. There are so many people commenting on this that are like, 
asking these genuine questions and she's so big there's no way she's going to get all to this like there's just and she I know she doesn't view herself as an expert but it's like I can say that I am so I'm like okay okay so we're doing this and I had intention of talking about this all along like I had had Botox and filler done at the end of December and I'd been documenting my results along the way and what that was like and it was um, very intentional I partnered with a couple med spas that are in this area and um, like I'd videotaped my injections like I mean I knew I was going to share this stuff but I wanted to make sure that I could show you what it looks like you know four to six weeks out so you can see what that process can be like and so I it was just wasn't time to share yet until like literally just now and so I shared my before picture because I took a picture in my car I took a picture just after I had my treatment done when I got back to my car and then I took um the picture that I had taken of myself about last week which I think was seven weeks out um and I put them all side by side and just said boom this is what I do. Like I, I haven't had Botox in a really long time. So it's been very intentional to come back to it. And, and it's, it's not just been like, oh yeah, I'm going to do it. It's no, I decided I learned enough about my body that I felt like my body can handle it. Um, cause if, if you're new to this podcast, I have Meniere's disease. So I have an autoimmune disease that's affecting my ear and specifically my left ear. So I'm losing my hearing in my ear, but I also deal with vertigo and I have, um, but it's very episodic. Like I don't, have that problem 24 7 and I can I've found through lifestyle and diet and sleep like I've been able to regulate a lot of those symptoms for me over the years but so I went into this very intentionally and when I put this out this post out here I was very intentional about saying like look I know these things about myself and you know but does this mean that now that I'm in the non-toxic world does that mean that I'm always like quote-unquote I'm crunchy now like does that mean that I fit neatly into this box of like I DIY everything and that preservatives are awful. And it was like, no, like I, I don't think that everyone should fit into a perfect box all the time. That's not human. That's not that you can't expect that out of human beings. And the response from you guys has just been truthfully. I, I think I air punched the air like five times out of excitement, <laughs> like 12 times that day. Yes, like, yes, was, yes, 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 yes. And I was just like, oh, and so many wonderful responses from people that I would love to hear from. I mean, people talking about their experience with like some really extreme health problems and how they came to clean beauty. But, you know, but that doesn't mean I can't enjoy other things that may not be perfect, you know, mm. but there's so much, especially when you start talking to the public, there's so much pressure um, you know that you put on yourself it's like I don't have people out there telling me like oh you're not 100% non-toxic clean nobody's saying that to me but I feel that pressure you know absolutely and I just really enjoyed being able to interact with every single person that came into that thread and they had some really on point questions and like so many dms and that that I was like we have we have to talk about this <laughs> There's more to say. There's so much more to say. Well, I'm so, so I mean, glad I'm so glad you shared. I think I think it's really important for us as practitioners in our fields to kind of bust through that glass ceiling and just say, "Hey, you know, we're human too. We make informed choices." And really that's that's 
the only thing you should be worrying about is just making sure that your choices are informed. So have all the information. Yes. So I'm excited That's to follow follow up on that. Well, the next uh, in a couple of episodes, we'll be following up on that. And yeah, I think you guys are going to love that episode just as much as you loved the first one. So. Yes. And thank you so much for being a part of this community. Like, I really feel it. So many of you were just like, I'm excited to hear more about this on the podcast. And I'm like, yes. Oh, <laughs> we love our rebel hearts. Our rebel heart nation. Is that what we call them? Hashtag yeah. rebel, rebel heart nation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so grateful for you guys. All right. So that is, that is, I mean, that it's, it's been a lot for me lately. So, and I've been so like knee deep in consultations and like what I feel like would have been controversial posts. That I want to know what's going on with you. What's oh, happening girl. with you? What's up? Listen, I'm 33 years old. That's what's Ooh. up with me. <laughs> Ooh, the big three three. That's one of my yeah, favorite numbers. I d- um, weird. Okay. All right. I don't really, <laughs> I'm not a favorite number person. I just, I just, numbers just are. I'm, I love math. I love all numbers. <laughs> I think, How could I possibly Actually, pick? let's tap into my Enneagram 8-ness. I love big numbers. <laughs> 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 there's not enough of anything unless there's too much of something. Oh my um, gosh, I love it. You said what that. Are they, the, I can't remember who it was. I think, it, I think it's either in, uh, might be the Typology podcast where they think, they talk about how Enneagram 8s think that too much might just be enough. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yep, that sounds vaguely familiar. Um, anyways, so I just turned 33 this last week and uh, it was a snow day uh, for my family. And so I actually just decided to kind of take half the day off and enjoy. And my Good. husband, my husband made me some breakfast and I drank yes, my coffee in bed and mm. I got a tulip and a new snake plant and Ooh. just kept it nice and low key i know be everyone be aware cassie has a plant <laughs> i'm watch out i am not the plant lady so here's what happens my husband waters my plants i'm doing air quotes around my and so does my my mom when she's here watching my son <laughs> but they know how much you appreciate it and the plants mean a lot to you so i get it yeah i need they some, just I need some green I need some greenness in my life i actually only oh, have like real. three plants so this makes four. I have four plants now. Feel fancy. Mine are all succulents. I actually kill succulents pretty easily. <laughs> <laughs> no, some of them are picky. I totally get it. I know. I think I got myself like the finicky ones first, and then I was like, oh. Did you get and a then pearl I see succulent? my I see my friends propagating succulents by taking like, them Ow. apart and like throwing them. <laughs> in. So I'm just like, what? Who are you? Can I pay someone to propagate some succulents for me? Because I Gosh, my mom does that. that. Oh Every my spring, gosh. she'll go in and she'll cut them up and she'll have these trays all laid out and she just like lovingly like just places them just right. I, I mean, it's just, I yeah. I, I love I love plants, I but I want someone else to take care of it for me. There's yes. this coffee shop that I go to often to work at and they have, they sell plants. There's a, there's a nursery that kind of sells their products in this coffee shop. It's a genius, oh, um, genius. genius partnership because it's got, they take care of all the greenery in the place, but it's all living plants. Mm. And there's Sounds this dreamy. one that's a little pricey that I've been looking at for a while. And I just kind of think of it as mine. And they're just taking care of it for me until I'm ready to buy it. <laughs> yes. Oh, uh, totally, you come in. I'm totally. You name it. Yeah. You I'm, totally, it. I'm totally going to do it. You greet it when you walk in the door. I'm like, oh, <laughs> you're so pretty. And there's like a little brown <laughs> spot on the leaf the other day. I was like, hey, what are you guys doing here? <laughs> 
house. <laughs> Did you name it yet? <laughs> Not yet. I don't name plants. So, uh, but it's the okay. best part is my son, when we got the snake plant, they, my husband and my son went and picked out the snake plant for me and brought it home. And when they brought it in, my son was like, so now we get to bring snakes inside, right? <laughs> Uh, 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 no, 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 no. And I said, nope, no, nope, baby, nope. no. Um, snakes belong outside. And he was <laughs> basically, I mean, he was okay with it, but he was just kind of like, oh, man. Oh, like, ugh. you need to get yourself a gecko. Mom is on to me. No. Look at me. So much no to that. No. What? Geckos are great. No. Mm-mm. No. We don't. Oh, we're Cassie not, doesn't like reptiles. No, no. I, I hate taking care of kids' animals. It's not fun. <laughs> and well when he's older then he can do it well i honestly i we're putting a moratorium on anything that has to be in like a glass cage no lizards mm-hmm. no hamsters <laughs> no guinea pigs Mm-mm. none no bearded Most dragons no anyway. no geckos none of those things they stink and they have to have like the hot rock and the crickets and the mm-hmm. no so much no to any of that you want to you want a pet you can have a dog that's what you get <laughs> I think that's pretty generous. You can have a freaking uh, dog, okay? Yeah, that is generous. My kids want a dog so bad. Aww. So bad. You guys have so many allergies in your house. It's a tough thing to do. So many allergies. We, my, my son just got a gecko like a few months ago, and I was worried about all those things. It doesn't smell. I. It doesn't smell. like I, I was shocked. Surprised. Oh, my goodness. Well, should we get into what we're going to get into today? Because we haven't done that yet. (laughs) Let's do it. We are going to chat about the Enneagram today, everybody. Um, Here is your disclaimer. We are not Enneagram experts. We are just Enneagram geeks who have really enjoyed all the personal development things and kind of self-discovery that's come from it. So just know we're, we're coming at this from a place of just talking about our journey through finding out our Enneagram type and maybe some resistance that we had when we were trying to figure out what our type was and some of our favorite resources that we've kind of started to dig into and learn more about. And then Genevieve and I will talk about our types a little bit. Um, And and in the future, we have have the feels out for um, getting someone we really want on the podcast for talking about the Enneagram. So send us your recommendations if you got some. Yes, I have a few asks out there. So we'll see what happens. I'm excited to talk about the Enneagram, honestly, even though I know we're not experts because I can't get it off my brain. Like I'm literally obsessed. You guys, if you're obsessed with the Enneagram, please tell us. We, we need to know. Me, right? Tell us how obsessed you are with the Enneagram. So for those of you who don't know what the Enneagram is, it's basically a school of thought. It's called really honestly like an ancient body of wisdom that identifies these nine different personality styles that kind of exist in the world. And, um, we kind of, we tend to gravitate toward one of them that we adopt in childhood. And there's this great, uh, quote from Ian Cron from the road back to you, where he just says, um, the Enneagram teaches that there are nine different personality styles in the world. One of which we naturally gravitate toward and adopt in childhood to cope and feel safe. Mm -hmm. And I just thought it's been so interesting for me to look at, the Enneagram through the lens of the ch- what they call the childhood wound, which is what caused you to become who you are it, within the scope of the Enneagram. And it's absolutely fascinating to look at it from that perspective because it took me a long time 
to figure out. I mean, I kind of knew what my childhood wound was, but I didn't know the context. And a lot of things that are talked about within the Enneagram 8, which I am an Enneagram 8, have to do with like an actual moment like where everything changed, where you felt blindsided. And that, that word blindsided is what comes up for Enneagram 8s often in that that hurtful place where they had to grow up really quickly and become mm-hmm. this super strong, um, basically like, you know, I'm in control of my own life mentality. And it's super interesting to look at that from the perspective of the childhood win for my friends too. Cause I'm, I, I, I don't, I'm not to the point where like, I want to know everyone's Enneagram type. Everyone I hang out with kind of knows their type because I've like told them they need, like, to. You need to know this. Like, hey, <laughs> I'm an eight. So I'm going to tell you what to do. <laughs> Go do this. Um, but I want to know why, like what made them what, so we're going to talk about that today. Cause I want to know that about you. Um, oh boy right? (laughs) We're going to get into it. We're going to go deep today. But I will say it's been really interesting to uh, dig in and ask my friends why they are the way they are with their type, what made them their type. And I think that question has been so much more interesting than just knowing what their type is in general. That being said, if you want to learn your Enneagram type, I think there's kind of a nuanced process to this. I think everybody approaches it in a different way. There's a definitely a test that you can take. There are lots of different versions of this test and I'll link a few in the show notes for you. Uh, I, I think the test can help you narrow down a few different types that you might be. And then from there, you got to do the work of going into each type and understanding, you know, the, the origin, the childhood wound, uh, where you go in times of stress, where you go in times of growth, there's so much more into it. And what was really interesting to me when I was trying to figure out what my type was, was figuring out the difference is not what you do, but what motivates you to do it. Yes. And that was the part for me that made everything change. Well, it gives so much more clarity to it. Yeah. And I feel like I give more people space when I understand those things too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think it's been really cool. So, uh, so there, I'll link a couple places where you guys can take the test, but what I really would recommend is grabbing a very basic Enneagram book, like understanding the Enneagram, um, the practical guide to personality types. And that's by, uh, Don Richard Riso and Russ Hudson. And they're two, um, kind of behemoths in the field. And then also, um, the road back to you is a great, a great book to read. And if you're a two and you read that book, I'll hug you. <laughs> I will I hug will you. I will commiserate with you. Oh my gosh. So let's <laughs> jump into all the different types just so we have that out on the table. Yeah. Um, type one is the reformer or the perfectionist. Uh, they're kind of rational but idealistic and they want to make change and are really well organized, but sometimes they can be kind of too critical or perfectionistic. So it's really like order. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my business partners are one. <laughs> Some of my closest friends are ones and yeah. I love their attention to detail. You know, it's really interesting is yes. a lot of my close friends who are ones are graphic designers. That makes a lot of sense. Right. And it gives them, they like, have that like attention soothing, to detail. Like, yeah, it's like soothing to them to like be so like perfect. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But how debilitating would it be to wait until a project was perfect to put it out? Oh man. I can't. Oh, 
you guys no. you, if you're listening to this you know i'm talking to you i love you <laughs> my, friend, <laughs> my friends um type two is genevieve that's type, me type two is the helper or the caregiver um they're really caring and interpersonal uh people with like who gravitate toward a two are really friendly and warm-hearted and love helping others and they can have issues with possessiveness and acknowledging their own needs so um, what needs what needs what needs weird i don't know what that is <laughs> we're gonna dive a little bit deeper into that um type, th- type three is the achiever this is who i thought i was or who mm-hmm. i wanted to be and it's mm-hmm. uh, essentially success oriented and pragmatic and they're really ambitious very charming and they can be a little too obsessive about success um, and then their image how they're seen as far as being successful is concerned I have a lot of threes in my life. Right? A lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Same. Uh, four is the individualist. So they're, they That's tend to be, mom. they tend to be sensitive and withdrawn mm-hmm. and they are very emotionally honest. I gravitate toward, I have a couple of close friends who are fours and I love how direct they are. Um, but their emotions make me really uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, but they're very, they're very creative, um, obviously individualistic as per their, their name, um, but also very personal and their, their quip is they can be a little bit moody and very self-conscious, which they, um, most fours that I know are like, I'm not a four. Yeah. One <laughs> of the things that in my, my study, my study of the Enneagram, I'm a, I'm a student of the Enneagram. Um, (laughs) that's all I'm going to be that for the rest of my life basically I'll never be an expert uh (laughs) they uh fours tend to believe that there's some like missing piece to themselves they don't fit yeah and they don't fit and they'll never find it and they hope that each new person or new project or whatever will kind of fill that but it never does and it has to do with like deep-rooted abandonment issues Mm -hmm. um the childhood wound for the for the four is really similar in my opinion to the childhood wound of the eight so we'll talk about that more in detail Mm, Uh, five is the investigator so these are very intense and cerebral this is genevieve's hubby yeah oh yeah oh yeah Um, he was a five through and through yeah they're really innovative and inventive and they can come up with really high level ideas i totally name is literally macgyver i totally see this in skylar it's amazing yeah um, but they may seem kind of detached or really intense. Like I have to tell you one time he was floating down the river and his raft burst. It was a, one of those inflated ones. What does he do? He takes out the string from his swimsuit, the gum in his mouth, sticks the gum in the hole and like pulls it tight and wraps his shoestring around the gum and the hole and then reinflates the raft and goes home. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> That's like, amazing what he goes well my swimsuit didn't stay on very well <laughs> yeah no kidding you think I was just like wait you did what and he's like yeah it's a good thing i had gum I'm like, <laughs> oh my God. anyway so fives are fascinating human beings to me i'm like oh always tend- looking for knowledge yeah I valuing knowledge above all yeah if fives make me uncomfortable because they <laughs> They like process things inwardly a lot, at least in my Mm -hmm. perception. So caveat, Mm -hmm. this is totally my perception, Um, but they can be really intense and I like direct intensity. So like, I want to know why you're being intense (laughs) and that I don't, I don't get that with a lot of the, the, I don't know a lot of fives. 
I don't gravitate. The, Every yeah, five in five my life is someone who is married to someone that I know. Oh, interesting. Right? I don't know any other fives. I haven't known anyone to tell me, oh yeah, my so-and-so is five or I actually don't, I don't think it's very common. Mm. At least not maybe, that I've noticed. Maybe not in, in our world. Yeah. Not Supposedly in they're all the same amount of common, you know? Um, point. I mean, I hear this is a lot of like engineers, people that are very detail oriented with yep. like very niche um, knowledge base, but highly <laughs> and they're, they they just zero in on a, like a very detailed information, <laughs> specific skill sets and things like that, too. Yeah. Uh, six is the loyalist. So these people are really committed and secure, like security oriented. And they really kind of foster a lot of cooperation among others oh, interesting um, and foresee problems and can really help solve those problems before they even happen um, but they can also be really defensive evasive and anxious um, my favorite six in my life is a farmer who is an incredible human being love mm-hmm. her so much I hope she'll be on the podcast with us eventually I might have to do some convincing there um, being in the spotlight is not her favorite thing. <laughs> ah, invasive. Um, but I think of I think of the farmer, just the farmer type, as such a loyalist, as being mm. very obviously like very committed. Farmers yes. are real committed. Um, yes. But she's doing so much work in the Southern Oregon area to foster cooperation among farmers and really help improve sustainability and put eyes so she on sees problems uh she's on like, like yes on sustainable it. farming it's really incredible the work that she's doing so um my yeah. very best friend is a six as well mm. and she is an interesting she's a six five wing and we'll get into the wings in a little bit yes but she is um probably one of the most committed people i know to knowledge mm. and mm-hmm. the pursuit of that and then the cooperation of people around her and it's so interesting to see how anxious and defensive she can be about things she was very anxious and defensive about being a six at first too because she was just like i'm not anxious (laughs) and then two days later she goes i'm totally anxious (laughs) (laughs) oh sometimes anxiousness or anxiety is hard to spot because we all kind of manifest it in different ways yeah and she's she's really great at foreseeing problems Mm. Like when she can see something being a problem, she and she voices it because she wants to. And I can totally see that foster of cooperation in her. Mm-hmm. You know, she just wants to, and she's very security oriented, but she also really values knowledge, which is part of that five wing in her. Which is, it's so interesting. I think loyalists are like amazing friends. Mm. Yeah, they're your ride or die people. Yeah, I think Agreed. my brother in law is a six. He's mm. an incredible human being. Oh, that's um, cool. And then the seven is the uh, enthusiast or adventure seeking person. I don't Um, know any sevens. I do. Um, They're really extroverted, spontaneous, Mm -hmm. and they're always looking for new experiences, but they're doing it in an effort to avoid pain. Take that back. I do know a seven. (laughs) (laughs) Really impatient (laughs) or can be impatient, impulsive, and kind of overextended. Kind of always looking for that rush. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm. And then eight is me, Cassie, called the, the challenger or the boss, um, known to be a <laughs> powerful dominating type. Um, challengers tend to be really self-confident and assertive. 
surprise, surprise. Um, but we can also be kind of temperamental and domineering. And then the nine, this is Josh, my husband, who was just on our relationships episode, 30, episode 39. That was a fun one. Mm-hmm. Um, are, they're the peacemaker. So there are people who are really easygoing. Uh, they tend to be really accepting and supportive. They can kind of see an issue from all sides and proceed with caution, but they tend to become complacent and actually again this is another type that tends to put their own needs and their own goals aside they often don't even know what their goals are or what their own kind of uh, purpose is because they have a hard time quieting the noise of what they see in other people to kind of see themselves twos and nines have a lot of similarities a lot similarities and you know what all my favorite people are twos and nines (laughs) Yay. Well, most there's, I definitely have some faith. The interesting part was when I first learned about all of these different Enneagram types, I thought that I didn't know every type in my, in my periphery or even in like my close friendships. But I would say I probably have a close friendship with every single type, but I definitely gravitate toward twos, threes, and nines, which is Mm -hmm. super interesting. And maybe ones too. Um, So the one thing I wanted to mention is that there are kind of these three different categories, subcategories within the Enneagram uh, that help us understand each type that have been really helpful for me. And that is that um, eights, nines, and ones are in the body center or the gut. Um, So we we trust our gut. We listen to our gut. Uh, And then the two, three, and four is in the heart center. Mm-hmm. very heart forward and then five six and seven are in the head so they yeah, tend to be very cerebral types it's very fascinating to see the breakdown of each type and then think about the people in your life and and how they make decisions because it's it's been absolutely true yes for me oh my goodness yes like like whoa true and knowing that those centers allows you to kind of like I was saying earlier, like give them more room to be who they are mm-hmm. and to be able to allow them, like, let's say you got an eight, nine, one friend and they're just like, I just, I need to do this. I can feel it. Like it's I'm, I'm in my gut. Like it just, I don't know why, but it feels like the right thing. You can just be like, cool. Like trust your I, gut. Yeah. Trust your gut. That's, that's your center. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and for me, it's, it's what gets me in the feels because I'm a two you know and that's the feeling cent- the center is through my heart and when things get me in the feels it's like the right thing for me you know it's like <laughs> that's my center and and my husband he's all in in his head like logic and when things make sense to him in his head he can he can do things with such completeness and exactness that it's it's kind of inspiring to like watch him do things it's just when he sees the logic in it he just goes for it yeah it's, it's amazing I think one of the most um, unnerving parts of figuring out my Enneagram type in the beginning, and I think, you know, we've said this in the past, but if you, if you're kind of diving into, maybe you've taken the test and you're, you're looking at all the different types, or maybe you haven't taken the test and you're looking at the types and trying to figure out where you fall within the Enneagram and you're feeling significant resistance toward one particular type, chances are that's your type. (laughs) 
and that feeling of defensiveness. And one thing that I've found in a lot of the Enneagram resources out there, especially the ones that are very like, here are the type descriptions and here's who you are in the Enneagram that don't go into the heart of the matter. They really, it feels so difficult to sit in that because we seem to be identified by all of our negative qualities when you yeah. first approach the Enneagram. And it's Unless so... Unless you're a two. <laughs> well, yeah, well, yeah. And then, then the negative qualities come out when you get into the heart issue with the two. <laughs> yeah, and then you start learning about it. It hits you like a bat. Yeah, and some of, honestly, some of my absolute favorite resources are not the ones I found that helped me figure out my type, mm -hmm. but the ones that I found once I knew, and then I could dive a little bit deeper into, honestly, like the personal... Uh, development work and the heart work that I need to do to grow as a person. And that's the one thing that I love about the Enneagram so much, because I think there are so many, uh, you know, there's the 16 personality types, there's the, uh, you know, the four tendencies, there's your love languages, you know, we've, we've, we've dove into these in like our personal development episode, and then obviously in our relationships episode too. And I think so many of those can tell you more about why you are the way you are but mm -hmm. truly the Enneagram says this is how you became who you are here's how you return back to being who you were meant to be and mm -hmm. that was so powerful for me to really have my eyes opened and understand that I didn't have to stay this like closed off lack of vulnerability like you know there's so much about the eight that I just like it makes me so uncomfortable because I've thought for years that I was relatively vulnerable for how strong I am. And I'm not vulnerable. I'm just soft. Like I'm, I'm just a soft, sweet, You're accepting. I'm a sweet human being for however yeah. like powerful I can be or, um, or intense. I have, it's all with good intentions and it's all super heartfelt despite the fact that I'm like heavy in the gut. <laughs> um, but some of my, I want to share some of my favorite Enneagram resources with you guys that I've kind of jumped into and really learned from. And here is the caveat for all of you lovely people. My three favorite books on the Enneagram are from Christian Audio. And mm -hmm. let me tell you, there, no one's trying to convert you. <laughs> if you're not, <laughs> if you're not a Christian, if you don't identify there, I think these That's books okay. can still be incredibly helpful and you can just like, you know, insert like coming back to the, who the universe intended you to be. So I just want to, I want to throw that out as a disclaimer before I get into these resources. I personally, I'm a believer. This is something I resonate with, but it's not, I understand and was trying to read it from as a non-biased perspective as I can. But the thing that was helpful for me was not necessarily all the scripture in it. Some of the books had scripture and some of them don't. But it is the thought process of returning back to who you were as a child before you had that childhood wound hit you and mm -hmm. that whole process. And it's just so beautiful. So even if you're not a believer, I still would really recommend reading these books. Um, they've been extremely impactful for me. And there are a lot of parallels within all sorts of religions and the Enneagram. Like the Enneagram is deeply rooted in almost every religion out there. Um, including none, no religion. <laughs> so there's, there's a lot to be said about that. So that's my, my disclaimer for that. But my three favorite books that I've, I've read so far 
have been the road back to you an Enneagram journey to self-discovery. This one is by Ian Morgan Cron and Susan Stabile. And, uh, Ian Morgan Cron also has a podcast called typology. Both of those resources. It's so good. He has a couple of really incredible people who are eights who are on that podcast that really helped me feel like I could get to a point where I was really living out my potential as an eight to do humanitarian work and um, kind of sit in that space and realize I'm doing it now too. But that was uh, really helpful for me. And then there's also a book called The Path Between Us, An Enneagram Journey to Healthy Relationships. And that one's just written by Susan Stabile. I will tell you, I'm an audiobook person. And the person mm-hmm. who, well, Susan narrates her own uh, book in The Path Between Us, but Ian Morgan Cron does The Road Back to You. The, he has such a soothing voice. I he, love his voice. His voice. And he has a great inflection. Like he reads it well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Susan Stabile's is a little monotone. So just know that. So if you're on the fence about reading it yourself versus listening to it, you may want to just order the book and read it. That's a good tip. Yeah. Um, it's been hard for me to wade through because of that. But there's so many good nuggets in it. Um, and then the sacred Enneagram finding your unique path to spiritual growth. And that's from, uh, Christopher L. Hertz. Hertz. I don't know how to say his last name. Hewerts. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) and the latest kind of project that I have dove into as far as the Enneagram is concerned. And, uh, this is definitely going to turn into a two parter. You guys. (laughs) Oh, so much to say. Oh, is, the um it's called uh the atlas project by sleeping at last and this has been the most unnerving thing but also the most comforting thing that i found in my enneagram journey and essentially um there's this amazing musical artist his name is ryan he does he does music under the the name sleeping at last and i have been listening to his music for years and i kind of fell off the face of the earth when i had a baby (laughs) and that was back in 2015 and he started this project called atlas in 2016 and i just didn't follow along with it and i have a good friend who is an enneagram eight and she recently shared that he wrote the song for Enneagram eights. And I was like, what? There's a song for me. <laughs> this is amazing. It's, it's such a beautiful project. Oh my gosh. It's amazing. And so I went and listened to my song and then there's a podcast episode associated with every single song where he talks about, um, he, he, uh, basically talks to Chris Hewerts, who wrote the sacred Enneagram. They talk about the type. They bring about the origins of the type, the childhood wound. They walk through all of that. And then he also takes the song and breaks the song down into, you know, what, why he chose the lyrics and why he chose the instrumentation that he did and, and the timing and the intensity of the song. And it, it was absolutely amazing the attention to detail that he had in every ounce of creation of the lyrics the um the meters to the songs to like if you listen to the five one he purposely made it five eight time and there is exactly five minutes and 55 seconds of that song stuff like that where he was just very intentional about making sure that the way it was created was so purposeful 
that is impossible to not get drawn in to every single type that he goes into. It's yeah. And, and when I heard about the project, I was really glad to see that he was the one doing it because I knew I already liked his music because I'm pretty picky about the music that I listen to. Um, and it's just good music too. It's just yeah. good. But listening to all of the different songs so that we'll share the playlist on Spotify and the show notes. Um, you can check it out. It's, it's everywhere. There's music. So you can listen to it on iTunes as well. Uh, but the Atlas project is what he created in the first year of the Atlas project was this really interesting kind of musical series based on the origins of the universe and life. And there are several of those first few songs that are just absolutely beautiful, but he goes through life, son, daughter, touch, taste, smell, hearing, sight, joy, sorrow, anger, fear, body, heart, mind. And then he gets into the Enneagram and this, could he get any deeper? It's so it's so deep. <laughs> and so the themes in it are life, senses, emotions, intelligence, and the Enneagram. And it is literally one of the most impactful things I have ever listened to, experienced in my entire life. And that's saying a lot. Uh, I was absolutely unnerved by the song that was for eights. <laughs> And it was just absolutely incredible. And I passage from that song. That's your favorite. Yeah. This is your call to action. You guys, you need to listen to this stuff. So let's pause there and we're going to, we're going to share more in, in part two of this um, kind of Enneagram primer for everybody. Okay, everyone, this Enneagram conversation ended up being significantly longer than Maybe we thought would, ha- I don't know. I think it, it turned out exactly how I thought it was going to. It's a two-parter. <laughs> so um, we are going to wrap it up with those favorite resources and just a call to action for you all to listen to your song within the Atlas Project from Sleeping at Last in the podcast episode and uh, dive a little bit deeper into learning your Enneagram type. And in next week's episode, we are going to dive even deeper into our two and eight qualities, talk about our childhood wounds and uh, just take you guys a little bit deeper into our hearts, minds, and, uh, and lives. And it's going to get real. It's going to get good. Get <laughs> the popcorn. <laughs> get the tissues, dude. I'm just, yeah. <laughs> okay. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Rebel Heart Radio. You can visit our website to submit a question at www.rebelheartradio.com. Or you can hop on our Instagram. You can ask us anything. We love to get to know you guys. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a review on iTunes. And we'll catch you guys on the next episode.